You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Drone You. As always, my name is Paul. My name is Rob. And you say welcome back as if we were here yesterday. I do, as to perfectly tee up an explanation for why we've been absent for a good month. Yeah. We have been doing so many trainings here in lovely Loveland, Colorado. And, uh, you know, we were actually going to go to a local drone show. We couldn't, though, because we were at another conference in Greenville, South Carolina. Beautiful place, by the way. If you haven't been, whew. Yeah, that's like an unknown uh, little lovely spot. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, We went to an Oktoberfest. And uh, that was a completely private event. Never thought I would ever see that. Held at a stadium because that's how many uh, employees that company has. So another thing, the Greenville baseball team. I don't know if that's Greenville. I think it probably is. Anyways, Greenville. um, That was a really nice stadium such that it seemed like it could be a double A team, if not a triple A team. Triple A was a stretch, but I'm sure there are some triple A stadiums that are not too far removed from that one. It's a high A ball stadium. Hi, if you're into baseball, you know what that means. If you're not, that's okay. Went right over my head. um, (laughs) I'm very into baseball. Dig it. Love it. It's playoffs right now. MLB. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? I tell you who I want to win. Okay. I want the Diamondbacks to win. Oh, okay. Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah. Or is it Phoenix Diamondbacks? It's Arizona. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, at least you knew what state they come from. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think is going to win it? Oh, man. I think Philadelphia is going to win it. Well. It's really interesting because you see teams get this momentum. Although Texas is really good. Get yourself Texas a free mattress really if they win. Good. That's right? is that the That is Texas, huh? Astros, right? No. I think it's Texas. Is it the Astros or? It is the Astros. Houston Texans. That's a football, Oh, is that right? football? Yeah. Anyway. I don't know about that mattress guy. You can Meaning tell. I don't know exactly like what his whole shtick is, but. Anyways, it's actually on the American League side. It's all Texas. So Texas from, and Houston. From what I heard is that in order to finance him giving everyone a free mattress, if the Astros win, he goes to Vegas and he puts like $2 million. And he bets big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. he's been doing that. And yeah, I don't know. He, oh, that... That can't be the Texans, the football team, because they don't ever do anything. <laughs> so, I'm no, I'm serious. Like, I'm not calling them out. It's just like, it's facts, right? Yes. But um, the, the Astros have been to where they're at right now seven years in a row, which is unprecedented. Not not technically. Don't, don't must like, be getting write good me sleep. about that. They must be. <laughs> they get a new mattress every night. I don't know. Anyways, that's probably way too much about baseball. Forgive me. <laughs> Might need some HGH testing over there. <laughs> All right, I'm just trying to be Well, facetious. Houston's known for cheating a few years back, which I think is lame, but whatever. Who cares? Either way, we're getting into <laughs> drone stuff. <laughs> no, let's talk more baseball. Uh, you know, I uh, think you should start a baseball podcast. Uh, so. <laughs> There's way too many of those. <laughs> oh, there are. It's amazing how many sports uh, podcasts there are. But anyway, long story short of uh, everyone, why we've been absent for a little while. We've, we've done a lot of in-person trainings. We do have one last in-person training uh, coming up. I believe it's uh, November 3rd or that uh, week. It's October 30th through November 2nd. Gotcha. That's right. Last so, one of the year, probably until March at least. 
Yeah, because it's going to get cold and snowy again. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, to be honest. Um, but either way, our mapping classes, they've been uh, sold out except for the last one. It was nice to have a small class for the last class, except now we're having one more class. So it's not technically the last class anymore. But also the operations class has been awesome. And we have been beta testing an inspection class since we have the assets to do that with uh, T&D inspections, cell tower inspections. So we're going to be launching our entire 2024 training schedule. Hopefully by the end of the year, it should be even mm -hmm. sooner than that. It, I'm thinking- It will be by Thanksgiving, I promise what, you. That, that's what I was going to say. I just didn't want to overpromise. We are not overpromising. We are making it happen. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting training schedule too, because we'll have some news here for you soon. I'm not sure when I'm allowed to launch that news, but- um, big, big changes are, are afoot for myself. But anyway, I wanted to tell you all that because if you do want to attend that last mapping class, we have been going over more software. Uh, we actually moved our mapping class. I need to re-record it because now we go over Pix4D-Matic. Now we go over Mapper. Now we go over Dronepoy. Now we go over Optello. So you get to go through them all. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you want to check that out, go to thedroneu.com, scroll down. And thank you for everyone attending this year in Colorado. It has been a total blast and um, we have learned so much. Also, Rob, I, just, just really quick, some things that I want to update our audience on. Over the last year, I feel like this has been the official final merge away from Phantoms. We're seeing a lot less Phantoms in class. We're still seeing one or two, but mostly Mavic 3 Enterprises. We're seeing a lot more M30Ts. Have not seen a lot of M300s, though. And... Um, uh, we did a accident reconstruction class where we tested the Parrot Anafi AI, the Skydio X2D, the Mavic 3 Enterprise, Phantom 4 Pro version 2. I'm missing one. Anafi, Mavic, Parrot, uh, Skydio. Yeah, that was them all. I would say the clear winner for speed was Mavic 3 Enterprise. The Skydio was right behind it, but quality-wise, the Mavic 3 crushed the Skydio. So, but it was impressive to see the Skydio's quality in drone deploy. It just took a lot longer to process because obviously you can't control drone deploy processing. It's cloud. Uh, it did come back relatively fast. It's honestly incomparable. But I really want to test the Skydio X10 versus the Mavic 3 Enterprise. I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to... I mean, honestly, I don't know that they should even be compared because the price is so redonkulously yeah, we're different. We're talking like three grand versus 30,000. So at a minimum. Yeah. At a minimum. Yeah, at a minimum. Um, which it actually makes me wonder, you know, can we get the Skydio X10 without the site scan software? Because if we could use drone deploy to control the X10, that could be a hack around the uh price point i mean a lot of people are impressed with this new skydio drone and the one pushback i keep hearing even from people who love skydio is holy cow it's expensive and you know it's going to be more difficult to scale this industry especially on domestic front with such a high price point i think what skydio has done is is awesome even allowing it to fly at night now better positioning all of that it's just like how do we get the price down and uh, maybe they should be building in Mexico and not California. I don't know. <laughs> Just an idea. <laughs> All I know is it's a very impressive drone. I don't see the price coming down, though. 
Well, I would love... Based on who their clientele is and who they're going after. I hope that one day Adam Bry opens up all this to like a college class of like a study of Skydio because, you know, they put so much money into the obstacle avoidance and it is world-class obstacle avoidance. I don't, I don't think that that can be argued. Especially because it does it at night. That's pretty incredible. Now that it does it at night. Yeah, 100%. But that world-class obstacle avoidance comes with serious limitations that other drones have as natural features. You know, like it's limited distance it can fly. And I love the... Apparently that is much improved in the X-10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just want to see it. I want to see it. Uh, I think that yeah. that's really important. For sure. So especially in this industry, everyone knows there's lots of claims. DJI is just as guilty as anyone else. And I think it's important to just know, you know, from experience. But that said, they're opening up more niches. What I wanted to get to is that that obstacle avoidance has a really good feature set for a very good niche group of people, not necessarily a wider group of people. And it makes me wonder on a business case, just the numbers behind that. Like, what if it was less obstacle avoidance focused? But uh, yeah, so anyway, let's get into today's question, uh, which sorry for the long rant to begin with. I just wanted everyone to get a quick update on where we've been, what we've been doing, some findings that we've had, just to give you guys uh, some housekeeping, as we'll call it. I know it's not the, the most fun thing to talk about. So let's get right into today's question, which is brought to you by that last mapping class in our we're, I just want you to know we are going to have a huge sale for Black Friday that's going to allow everyone to buy classes for next year, including the experience training, although we may only have one or two seats for that experience training. We'll see. So thank you, everyone. Check them out, thedroneun.com. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, my name's Jason, and I've been listening to your podcast now for a few weeks, and I've learned a lot, and I just wanted to thank you for the content that you guys are putting out. But anyway, here's my question. I have a Mavic 3 Classic and I'm looking to register my drone with the FAA because I plan to use my drone for commercial purposes. And I noticed in order to register my drone, I needed to upload my remote ID number with the Mavic 3 Classic. However, I don't like the idea that people can know the location of where I am when I'm flying just for safety reasons and privacy in general. So how can I go about maybe not using remote ID or not submitting that ID number to the FAA. So how could I go about doing that? Anyways, I appreciate all that you guys do. And I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. Jason, thank you very much for the question, for the kind words, for listening in. We appreciate it very much. And uh, again, apologies that we've had quite the delay in getting new ones out. But here we are again. Um, I would say that your feelings are very popular. <laughs> and I don't mean just in this room, uh, this studio. I mean, it's a, it's obviously it's all a, over YouTube. It's obviously a, a tumultuous time. I, I don't know if I should say it that way. A lot of people feel the way you do. Let's just leave it at that. But our, it's just, um, it's just because with a, a few small tweaks, the FAA would get exactly what they want without having to bend pilots over in the process, which after the air traffic controller conference in Las Vegas last month, it's very clear why the FAA did remote ID. They are trying to support the Jetsons. And I don't mean the Jetson arrow, which is a really cool concept, by the way, totally behind it. I von Rob. Um, 
Um, but um, I literally mean like the uh, part 103, the ultralight drones that you could literally fly to work every day. You know, you thought Tesla was cool. Well, some of you may not. Some of you may, depending on political ideology, I don't care. Um, but it's cool. I don't care who you are. Okay. Well, I think the Jetsons are cool. No matter That's who cool you too. are. Yeah. I mean, this is like next level cool. This is imagine if you live in Fort Collins and you want to go to the airport and you want to do it in 25 minutes, not an hour, then you can take your Jetson one and fly to the airport. <laughs> How much does that thing cost? hundred grand. A hundred grand. And it's got like a 35 minute. 25 minute. Okay. You do the math people. <laughs> 25 minute flight time. But I'm sure that'll change. I think it's cool too, but that's nuts. Well, I mean, you could make it to the airport in 25 minutes. Yes, you could. You could charge it up and fly home. There you go. 100 grand. What? Uh, like, okay. Whoa, 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 what is this? What is this? What do you mean, what is this? But you're like, you're like, nah, whatever. Like, why? Like, what are you thinking? Tell me, explain. I'm, I'm curious. I don't here. think it's rocket science. 100 grand for 25 minutes. That's it. Like, it's as simple oh. as that. But is it cool? Of course it's cool. I mean, it's super cool. I want one so that I could go to the grocery store and back. I don't know. Like I, but, but what's exciting is what it's um, like. It's, it's the evolution, right? It and is so the start. That, so that's, what's exciting about it. It's obviously not attainable for 99% of America. So it, but it's cool. That's all I'm saying. I could open up a new industry, Rob. Maybe we need to become a bank and get Jetson financing by Rob and Paul. <laughs> get your Jetson for just the low, low price of $1,000 a month and you for a period put, of 96 months at an interest rate of 800%. Yeah, right. You got to put 90% down. <laughs> you might die, which is why life insurance is included. That's right. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Geez. I love it. You know what? It is the beginning of a new evolution of the world that we are living in. I mean, once we figure out a better way for batteries, a better way for engine technology, I mean, I think I think that the next good Jetson is when someone figures out how to put a Honda EU engine onto one of these Jetson things, you know, and then uh, you essentially have perpetual power because it's just, you know, creating the energy for the alternator that's powering the batteries that you can then fly. The point of bringing all this up is that the FAA believes that remote ID is the foundation of airspace systems that will create what we call the universal traffic management system. And it's the ability to have these flying cars essentially going to airports. If you look at the design of future airports, you are going to see that most of them have what's called a vertiport. A vertiport is like the, if you remember, we did a podcast like seven years ago and we showcased Amazon's Bumblebee, Bumble Hive system where they'd have drone delivery going out from these big hives. Well, the first vertiport was just approved by the federal government. I just can't remember if it was China or the United States. That's all. It's one of the federal governments. I just don't remember which one it is. So <laughs> that detail, not important. What is important is that the very first flying car was certified as an aircraft on Friday in China. And if you remember... Wait, wait, wait. It, in China? In China. China. Sorry, in China. Um, if you remember, remember CES, like one of our very first years, and Ehang was there. Big old thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I would never fly that because there's no manual controls. Okay, well, one of my favorite hackers out on the internet for drone stuff, he just made a really good point. He's like, it has been found that in Ehang's flight software, it's based off of Ardu Pilot. Do you remember what Ardu Pilot was? I do not. 
Pix, Pix Hawk. Of course it is. <laughs> so this drone carrying people is built off of a software control system that's literally used to fly your Cinewhoops. <laughs> Very safe, guys. Very safe. Is that the, Is that what... What was the solo based on? That. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great system. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it is a good system, though, isn't it? I mean, it's lasted all these years. It's... What does Skydio run off of? Same thing. It's an evolution of that, but it's the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, I know some people would be like, the cube is not the same thing. Skynode is not the same thing. I'm like, well, it's an evolution of that software pack. It's still the foundation. That's what engineering is. Exactly. So that said, this all brings up an important point. FAA thinks remote ID is the thing needed to allow the Jetsons to happen. Meanwhile, uh, us drone pilots who have been flying long enough just don't want to be shot by some angry neighbor who's been watching um, an extremist left or an extremist right uh, news show for too long and has gotten a little paranoid. Or maybe they're doing some funky stuff in the backyard, like hiding a bunch of bodies and they don't want drones flying around. Either way, we don't want to be shot. We don't care if you got, if you're hiding dead bodies in the back, in the backyard. You know what too? And the reason that I think this is important, I think it's underestimated the emotions that maybe it's not, maybe everybody gets it, but the emotions that seeing a drone flying above you brings on. And, and I, like yesterday, let me finish this really quick. Yesterday, I took my son out. Uh, we'd like to go dirt bike riding. And we were out riding um, just kind of out west of Wilson. Okay. And north of Eisenhower. There's a bunch of open trails and stuff out there. Over by that recreational park? That yeah, big, okay. just west of the park, northwest of the park. Um, I think there's a huge housing development going in back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Massive. That's the back way to Berthoud Brewing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, it is. Anyways, um, I'm riding and I look up and there's a drone. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Immediately, I'm like, who is that? Like, who's Who's, who's flying me? that? <laughs> Not that I own a drone school or anything, but who is flying that drone? No, so I went and found him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I just drove it around like, oh, just a guy on a bike. Like, he, he, what he, you know, he's just flying. He's just out there having a night, a good time. And then he sees me and he's like, oh, fun, something to track. Right? That's all it is. But the point is that emotion that hits you, even having been involved in the drone industry for 10, 11 years, I think the point is it's it's that thing that has some pilots, including our question asker today, concerned. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, there are a variety of people who may come up to you while you're flying and talk to you. Like, yeah, what if I was not happy about that guy having his drone anywhere near me? Exactly. Of course, I found him easy. I didn't need remote ID to do that, but I was on a motorcycle. Exactly. And imagine if it was as easy as pulling up an app on your phone and figuring out exactly where he was. Yeah. And as soon as that makes it on the news just once, that's exactly what's going to happen. So with that said, you know, another emotion I think is important is remote ID showcases that everyone in the FAA who had anything to do with this rule has never flown a drone ever because they've never had the emotion of being accosted by someone who is angry, accosted by someone with a firearm. Yeah, I I think that's a little bit too simplified. It's a little, that's an oversimplification in my opinion. Um, I'm sure they've flown drones, but I, yeah, I I think ultimately a few, the percentage of people that get accosted is still going to remain very, very low, but it probably will go up. Yes, that's exactly the concern here. So let's get into the solution because honestly, as many of you know, I did that video that got us in trouble uh, about you know, how to not comply with remote ID. And I essentially said, you know, that I I mentioned the part 91 rule, even though it's funny the FAA corrected us and we're like, well, 
why didn't you say the part 107 rule? Because that same rule is in part 107. And I was just like, oh, I just thought part 91 superseded 107. But anyway, long story short is I told people as pilot in command, in order to avoid an emergency, you can essentially not comply with any regulation. And then if something happens and the FAA administrator asks you, you have to respond to that and, and provide a reason. But I have found a master hack of actually complying with remote ID. And then if you're still broadcasting remote ID, the drone's position and the control station position. But I found a master hack in complying but staying safe. I.e. a product. I.e. a product. So thanks to some of my federal investigator friends, <laughs> I always find it funny that the guys who teach me this are literally working for the government. But hey, whatever. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a, I don't think a single person watching or listening is going to be surprised by that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Actually gives me hope for America. But anyway, um, that said, so there are remote ID modules out there. A lot of people know of the Czech company. I would like to introduce Pierce Aerospace. Pierce Aerospace makes this uh, remote ID module that clips onto a Phantom. No matter which drone I was flying, I would still have this device, whether it was made for a Phantom or not. One thing that you have to be careful of, this is a quick side tip and trick. You need to be very careful where you mount these devices to not block obstacle avoidance sensors. This is also another proof in the pudding, Rob, that the FAA uh, has very little experience flying drones because anytime that you add something to the aircraft, one, you change the center of gravity, two, you could be impacting the safety of your aircraft. This is how remote ID defies itself. If you put a module underneath your drone and you block the obstacle avoidance sensor, many of the drones freak out when you've blocked that sensor and essentially start going awry. Well, at a training in September, we had that exact thing happen. Someone had put the remote ID module just below the obstacle avoidance sensors, the downward facing VPS sensors. It caused the drone to crash instantly. Like literally he took off and whoop, right on the ground. Um, and we found out it was, it was an obstacle avoidance sensor. By the way, also another news tips and trick, DJI is now making the Phantom 4 Pro version 2 remote ID compliant. This also proves my article from three years ago that any drone that had OcuSync 1, 2, or 3 essentially would be remote ID compliant. We've been proven right again, Rob. Anyway, bombshell, I know. I'm sure people will be very shocked by that too. But with this Pierce Aerospace remote ID module, here is the beauty of this and why you want it, why you will comply with remote ID, but why you will not put yourself in danger either. When you turn on the drone and you turn on the remote ID module, the remote ID module goes through a sequence. It records its GPS position of where you started flying, where your takeoff point is, okay? Then... As you're flying around, it broadcasts the position of the drone. Why do I love this module? Why do I think this is the way that you should go as well? To comply with remote ID, but stay safe. This remote ID module showcases not necessarily the pilot's live position, but the position point of the ground control station's takeoff position. So this is essentially saying this pilot took off from this point. This is the pilot's position. So let's say you were to take off 
let's say you were to walk three or 400 yards in another direction to maintain a safe standoff from that known position, okay? You could do it and your pilot's position will not be updated, but rather the control station position is essentially the position that's being broadcast out. Now, for all you nefarious clowns out there that want to use this to do bad things, just please don't. Just don't. Just don't. Don't do it. If you're a drone pilot and you're trying to avoid being accosted in certain rural areas, which we know has happened all the time, and you need to fly a power pole or a cell phone tower and you don't want to be accosted by someone, some angry rancher who doesn't understand the wide angle camera, look, this is how you avoid this is how you add anonymity to your digital license plate. You essentially say, yes, I took off in downtown Denver, but now I'm in uh, the uh, low high. I'm across the river. And it's going to be a lot harder to get to you. I mean, literally a lot harder to find you and get to you at that point. Now, I don't say this because once again, I do believe that law enforcement should have pilot position. You'd be surprised. Most law enforcement we've ever worked with is pro drone. And so with that said, it's important to understand that most law enforcement as pro drone are going to be in your corner, at least that I've found. And I think having an assumption of positivity with that is also imperative. That said, I don't mind law enforcement having a pilot position. Like Rob said, they're probably going to find you anyway. But if you can at least make it one step more difficult for the public to find you, I think that that is okay. Now, Rob's caveat for me mentioning this on the show, which later on today, I'm going to film a YouTube video about this to just have be super, super succinct. But Rob was like, can we actually showcase the uh, regulation to prove that this is legal? So here we go. Part 89.115, alternate remote identification. Okay. If you're operating an aircraft that is not standard remote ID and... Um, unmanned aircraft and may comply with remote identification requirement of 89.105 by meeting all of the requirements of either paragraph A or B below. Okay. So remote identification broadcast module one, the unmanned aircraft used in the operation must be equipped with a remote identification broadcast module that meets the requirements of 89.320 and the serial number of the remote ID broadcast module must be listed on an FAA accepted declaration of compliance. Two, the certificate of aircraft registration of the unmanned aircraft using the operation must include the serial number of the remote identification broadcast module. So essentially, you could take the this. Remember how he asked in the question, "What serial number do I put in?" You buy the broadcast module, and then you essentially put the serial number of the broadcast module into your registration, hmm. and that's how you meet the qualification. Now, some policy wonks you know, might be like, well, you need a remote ID broadcast module for every single drone that you fly. You can't use one serial number for them all. This is what a lot of people complained about to the FAA that they thought should be adjusted, that you could have one broadcast module that could work for multiple different drones, which I think is totally reasonable. Yeah, because um, you can't fly more than one at the same time. Exactly. Gosh, it's, <laughs> I love it when you make these super succinct arguments that are just like, Phoop! Argue with that, <laughs> FAA. Don't you don't even need the angry attitude kid, rebel me. <laughs> so, <laughs> such a mic drop moment, Rob. 
just listening. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, here are the requirements for the remote ID broadcast module, and you have to meet both of these. One, from takeoff to shutdown, the person operating the unmanned aircraft must ensure that the remote ID uh, identification broadcast module broadcasts the remote identification message elements of 89315 directly from the aircraft. Okay, it's doing that. Um, the Pierce Aerospace has a light a series of colorful lights that essentially tell you whether it's working or not. And uh, number two, the person manipulating the flight controls of the unmanned aircraft system must be able to see the unmanned aircraft at all times throughout the operation. Duh. This is, again, the second opportunity that the FAA has had to define what is visual line of sight. Because, look, you can still see a little black dot at three miles away, right? But can you really do anything? Do you have really any spatial awareness? Ah! So, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so all that to be said, if we have section one and two that it's listed on some declaration of compliance there it is and that we're constantly broadcasting from the module during the entirety of the flight and we maintain vlos guess what we are now in compliance so while everyone's talking about delayed enforcement of compliance you can comply if you know and also be safe and also have anonymity from the public which uh i just hope someone raises enough money to sue the FAA one more time because it was very clear the judge was like, no one has been hurt in this case yet, so we don't really have a statute to fall upon to make a change, which I'm like, that is so America in modern times and it's disgusting. But anyway, meaning like, why does someone have to get hurt in order to prove that this regulation is bad and people are going to get hurt? Like, that's so dumb. Anyway, all right, I, I rest my case. So to succinctly put it, you can buy the Pierce Aerospace Remote ID Broadcast Module. You can input the serial number when you register your drone for the drone that you're going to use it with. And then you can comply with Remote ID. And as soon as you take off, you can safely walk to some other position that's more concealed so that you don't get shot, uh, shot at, accosted, beat up, threatened, or make your flight unsafe for any reason, which the FAA's entire uh, mandate is to literally create a safe national airspace system. And many have argued that remote ID does the opposite, which in practicality is true. So it's all, albeit it's a, it's a s smaller frequency of situations. What? No, I don't know if it, I mean, if, I don't know if it messes with the idea of a safer airspace, it might mess with the idea of a safer pilot, but anyways, I'm, I'm splitting hairs. Oh, oh no, this might actually be important. Because you're saying the pilot safety is in question, but he's on the ground. Yeah, I mean, you just said that the remote ID doesn't do that. It does the opposite of that in this case. But that's not really true because the airspace is probably still theoretically But safer. I could totally see what you just said as some screwed up boomer justification for remote ID. Ouch. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry, I just love that word. I literally, I saw someone at Shields the other day. Some old guy said something really messed up. And this young guy was just like, okay, boomer, move on. And it was just like, oh my God, my heart was so happy. <laughs> you know what that is? And I'm not a boomer, by the way, technically no, he's not speaking. A so I'm not defensive, although I'm probably closer to a boomer than that little Yahoo. <laughs> Which is what a boomer would say. <laughs> he digresses. <laughs> that was intentional. That was intentional. I love these shows. Um, I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. I mean, 
<laughs> what were you going to say? I don't know. You were going to justify the boomer or defend him or something? Not, no, not even. Um, it's a cop out. It's, it's the, li- so when people start talking about calling people Karen and believe me, I get it. There are Karens out there, right? The whole, that whole concept is so freaking lazy and then it's social media driven and it's TikTok driven and everybody just hops on the bandwagon as if they've done something and they're a bunch of lamos. Oh, I see what you're That's what I'm it. saying is people jump on these things of Boomer and Karen and how about you come up with your own freaking idea and like have a, like a coherent, reasonable thought as to the situation instead of just another video about a Karen. That's what I'm getting. So that they're lazy asses is what I'm saying. So what I'm hearing is that you're saying a lot of people jump on these little idioms and sayings because it makes them feel good. And then they move on from the situation, not necessarily causing a solution to the situation or potentially calling out the boomer to say, hey, look, just because you've given up on complying with society's rules and just because you have given up on doing all the things that you taught us growing up doesn't justify your actions right now and it is inappropriate and out of line and you need to stop doing this because you look like a fool. Well, totally. And the other thing about it is if, if I catch my kids doing that and I don't care if they're Jacob turns 21 in five days, <laughs> I'm like, be better than that. Yeah. Like grow up. That is so lame. Have like, if you want to have a conversation and, and, and don't put it online, the reason people do this stuff is because it makes them feel better about themselves because they're so weak and lame. That's why people it's do like, it. What you're they saying put it's other like a, people down because micro, they suck. It's like a pedantic microaggression. Is that what you're saying? Totally. They put other people down because it makes them feel better and they're lame. I don't care how, I don't care how stupid that Karen is. Why did you put that online? It's so that you could feel better about your weak ass self. On that bombshell. <laughs> That's all I got. You know, I'm not sure that we've ever ended a show with Rob on a tirade. This is, this we are turning no, a I'm corner just, here. I'm sick of what America's becoming. And peop- no, we need to be stronger. We need to be well, mentally stronger than that. I think to your point, you and know. My kids uh, will freaking be mentally stronger than that. And that's why they're going to kick everybody else's ass. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I think there is, <laughs> I think one thing to say here is that. And if that bothers you, I don't care. Well, clearly. Uh, so what I will say, though, is I think that there is something to what you're saying here in regards to there are certain Instagram posts and certain YouTube posts that just go viral and it invites this certain level of bandwagon negativity and bandwagon um, just feel good to feel good in the moment and a, a lower emotional intelligence. So I think I hear what you're saying. They're not. And they're, the thing about it is they're not dumb people. They're allowing themselves to live a dumb life. And that's a topic for the All In podcast, which is not us, but maybe Chamath, you can take that on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, though, for another edition of Ask Drone You. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. 
We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.